everybody, Josh Sheridan here with the Barely Legal Podcast. Hey, today's show we have Ade who is the uh, main songwriter singer and guitarist for Black Clash Tell, correct me you just gave me a look did I say one wrong uh, I am not the singer luckily oh you aren't no I'm the background vocalist oh, okay yeah. who's the singer uh, Michael okay. Michael Ayson. okay so uh, I learned of Black Clash just last week uh, speaking with Ann Mansfield from the Nervous Girls and she said you got to talk to Ade and then over the weekend, we pretty much just messaged each other every five minutes. And I've gotten a chance to listen to their music and now count myself as one of their biggest fans. Uh, you know, they're a hardcore group uh, that have a mixed culture coming into it, which I think is rad. Uh, I think they got one of the better band names out there. Uh, they got a LP that's about to drop soon. Yeah. Uh, the music, the music is a throwback to New York and DC hardcore, and it's got all the bells and whistles, and uh, every one of them's got great hooks. And so I'm so excited to have you by today. No, I'm I'm really excited to be here, especially with all those great hooks I have. You have great hooks, you do. I you have, we had to we had to leave them in the other room. We didn't have enough space in here today. Um, so uh, are you a Tampa guy originally, or? Uh, no, I'm actually from um, Palm Desert, California. Are you really? Yeah, yeah, I'm really. Yeah. That's awesome. So I'm a big uh, stoner metal fan too. Oh, I love so. Caius and Queens of the Stone Age and oh. all those bands who used to do uh, generator parties out in the middle of the desert. Did you ever get to go to a generator party? <laughs> no, I, I moved sadly when I was young. So how young? About like four or five. So four or five, you weren't at generator parties. I wasn't, all unfortunately. Right. My parents. Do you have much re recollection of Palm Desert? All I remember is that it was hotter inside of the homes instead of outside. And it's a dry heat, isn't it? Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's a little bit better than here because here you just sweat immediately, but you know you're overheating. Yeah. Over there, you're just outside for hours. You're like, oh, I'm fine. You then, don't realize it, then fall over dead. Yeah. They say you got to hydrate. You got to drink water constantly. Oh, my God. Like every five seconds. I've been to fun. Las Vegas. Have I been twice or once? I think I've only been. No, I've been twice. And, oh, and nice. like. To walk from one, like you almost never go outside yeah. in Las Vegas, but if you decide to go outside and like walk across the strip, by the time you get to the other side, like your mouth is like cotton. You just can't even, it sucks the water right out of you. I actually have a really stupid story from that fucking city. God, I hate that city. You've been there. Yes. Yeah. Um, my dad was over there. He's like, Hey, you should come by and visit. I'm like, I, I don't want to. My grandmother was like, you are going to go over there. I'm like, I'm just going to be bored in a different city. I don't want to spend money. She was like, go. I'm like, okay, fine. So I go over and then my little brothers and sisters and crap, take my fucking shoes, hide them at the Burger King. That's like a mile away. So I have to walk all oh, the way no. over there. Oh yeah. It was bad. And I had to find like, sh um, fuck, what is it called? Shadow just to like step on. Oh, so you're not like, burning yeah. the shit out of your feet. Yeah. Oh no, I already burned them by yeah. like, like half a mile. You lost out. all the nerve endings after the first half mile. Pretty much. They thought it was fucking funny. Yeah. I'm like, okay. You know what? That's, I got that's you. That's great about siblings. So, um, yeah. how many siblings do you have? Oh God. I have four or five. Okay. Yeah. And do they, do they all come to Florida with you or you got no. some on the other, other coast or, um, they're, Three of them are in Las Vegas, and my sister is in Africa. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Have you ever been there? Um, no, unfortunately. Any desire to go? Yes and no, because my cousin kind of turned me off of it, because when uh, whenever we like, come here, 
would say like the n-word a lot yeah but the way he would pronounce it was so odd because he just put a lot of emphasis on the a so i was just like interesting i i wish i could say it on air but I, I probably well it's cannot. probably yeah i mean yeah. I, I don't mind cursing but that's not exactly one that I wanna... that's like that's like super cursing yeah that's kind of exclusive i, I yeah. don't know that there's another word that carries that weight with it um yeah exactly well the thing about africa is that mm. here it's absolutely gorgeous and then depending on where you go it's a yeah. different experience but the kind of the thing i have a a cousin who married a girl from uh, i think it's i think she's south african mm. I wish I knew more, but I've heard some pretty crazy stories over there about like, you know, you really got to be careful about looking people in the eye. Yeah. And if you show, like if you pull out a cell phone or show yeah. jewelry or stuff, you can yeah. kind of be burned. So it used to be, you know, it's kind of the dangerous place to go. But the great thing about mm. the America that we live in now is mm. it might not be so dangerous compared to just coming to my office today or parking <laughs> on the street. I feel like we're, uh, we're, we're leading, leading the way now. And, uh, uh, <laughs> You know, depending on where you go, yeah. it, it is that bad because like some places in the city, there are some places, there's some cities in the state I actually can't go to. And I'm like, I thought that was my grandparents, but that I thought that everywhere. was your grandparents, too, exactly. up until about the past four years ago. It's like, oh, no, it's just been dormant for a while. Yeah, there's there's a city that actually has like no N words on the side. They just took it out like 10 years ago. And I'm like, OK, so my band, we're not touring there. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like. We have horror stories from just going city to city sometimes because. Well, I don't want to talk about that, too, and especially because of the type of music that you play. You know, while there's not a lot of black guys that are doing that type of music, arguably the best ones were, you know, the bad brains. And so there's kind of a interesting, interesting story between, uh, Mm -hmm. you know. Black people and hardcore punk punk music. Yeah. Um, So in any event. um, We'll get there. Mm. So you came over to Florida at four. Or did you have any stops on the way from the Palm Desert? No, just straight to Florida. And how was it that you made your way to Florida? Um, my grandmother was really paranoid that California was going to break off in the United States. Oh, so she moved to Florida. That's just going to break off of the. <laughs> yeah, she she just thought, you know, what? she's being a flyover state. <laughs> <laughs> she should be. Yeah, like she just thought, let's take a progressive black family uh-huh. and then switch the level to hard mode. Yeah, and just go from California goes. to Florida. Yeah, yeah, especially with my name, it's just fully like traditionally African. So I'm like, oh, yeah, great. Yeah. Well, can we can we talk about your names for a second? Because mm-hmm. you're you're I, I, as I as I uh, refer to you over the weekend, you're the international man of mystery. Yeah. So <laughs> I was introduced to you as Mahalik, right? Is that yeah. how I say it? Yeah. And then if I go to your Facebook band page, I think you fixed it, but it had yeah. you, did it have you as Paul? Yeah, it had me as Paul. All right, now, but you asked me to <laughs> refer to you as Ade, so yes. tell me the genesis of of your names there. Okay. What's on your driver's license? Well, do you have a driver's license? Yes, that's okay. how I got here. I don't want to presuppose. <laughs> well, let's see. Now, now, see, now I feel this is too private, but uh, my phone well, I'm not going to ask you your social security number. Or anything. <laughs> I will ask to see your credit card numbers later on, but oh, that's great. something else, yeah. Well, I am broke, so you're going to have a lot of All fun right. with that. Uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, it's a Daywole Malik Akinlova. Daywole? A Daywole. Oh, so Ade is short for a Daywole. Yep. Okay, so it's you're yep. just taking parts of it and putting it out there. Yeah, I dig much. it. All right, all right. But Ade, I, 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 as I told you before the show, yeah, I love Shade. So you're you're the, probably the closest thing I'm ever going to come to meeting Shade. <laughs> so all right, so uh, mm. they moved from California to Florida. About what year was that? Uh, I want to say like 2000 or 2001. Okay. 
So, uh, so education then from there on in Tampa. Yeah. Where'd you go to school? Oh boy. Um, I started off with uh, Rebirth Academy. Then I went to St. Peter Claver Catholic School. Then I went to HB Plant High School, and then now I'm in um, HCC Hillsborough Community College. Okay. Yep. All right. And what are you studying at community college? Uh, accounting. Oh wow. Yeah. What's that about? So you can run the band's money, figure out how to not get screwed over by people. and I've already been doing the band's money, and for the most part, we haven't been screwed over. I'm just like, I kind of want a boring life. I want to just, I'm so tired of crazy crap. I'm just like, fuck it. Yeah. Accounting. Well, so I want to be respectful of the quote-unquote crazy crap, but you've yeah. kind of dripped out bits and pieces to me. So yeah. to the extent you're comfortable talking about it, oh, yeah, I, I'm happy to talk about it. But you've had kind of an interesting uh, family life in the last yeah. 20 or so years is that fair to say yeah very can you can you kind of bring me through kind of the the <laughs> evolution the highlight reel okay so like most millennials i start off with a happy middle class life then god and circumstance was like yeah you enjoying that that's cool i like that you look real happy yeah. you fuck that yeah so i was like all right so my mom pretty much never really liked me that much she tried to raise me to be like her. How is that true? Is that true? Do you think she really doesn't she, like you? Or she has she has explicitly told me like three or four times, like, yeah, I don't like you. And I'm like, you specifically or just her children in general? Uh, more so me specifically. It's it's kind of weird. She doesn't like either one of us that much. Are you are you mm. different from your siblings to a degree that would make you stand out in her mind? Oh, yeah. No, I, I'm a lot different. I'm like the really logical, calm, overly talkative person. Everyone else is kind of just like, like everyone fucks with each other. But my mom just like hates me specifically because I question everything. Yeah. That's the punk rock stuff. Yeah. So she's just kind of like, well, I can't brainwash this fucker. So do you talk to her still? Uh, No, you not guys really. kind of had a falling out, right? Uh, Yeah, she we we were homeless together and then she kept making like really bad decisions. So let's talk about that if you yeah. can for yeah, when, yeah. when when did that happen? I was 10. Wow. Yeah. And how long were you homeless? Uh, about a year or two. What what does that look like? I mean, is it shelters? Is it to Ooh. tell me? Uh we basically we lived in our abandoned apartment like she stopped paying, lights got cut off, water got cut off, and we just basically were squatting there for like 2 years and it was terrible because, like, when you're 10, you kind of have to grow up really fast. So, Well, for sure. I mean, yeah. you were exposed to things that most people will never know in their life. And not yeah. only that, but you're exposed to them at a very young age. I oh, wonder, yeah. though, if when you're mm. so young, I've heard stories about kids who are homeless mm. or grew up poor. And they really didn't have context to know mm. what, you know, right now, if I were to be made homeless, it would be like, oh, my God. But, you know, at 10... You're only developing mentally yeah. and ha understanding the world around you. So uh, did you understand what was going on at that time? Yeah. Most of the, sometimes I feel like it's unfair and like my mom would try to do nice things like send me to camp, but I would always argue with her. Like I don't have any clothes or I don't have many clothes because we had to like the pipes burst. So like almost all my clothes are destroyed. So right. Like homeless shelters and fine clothes. So I was kind of like, I feel like I shouldn't be engaging in stuff normal kids could because. I couldn't pull off some of the bare necessities of normal. So it was like, well, why the fuck am I going to camp? You just and felt it, like you'd stick out and be a, a, a focus of ridicule. Not even that. Cause again, when you live in the hood and kind of like everyone's sort of poor. So there's not the huge advice, more like if you're super rich, that's going to be a much bigger problem than being like really poor. Sure. Cause you're still going to get roasted. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. But no, it was just like, I didn't want to go enjoy my life for like four or five hours. 
and then come home to like nothing or like peering into windows trying to watch TV. It was like it was kind of like just dangling a carrot in front of a horse. You're all the way in or all the way out, kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now you're a formidable dude. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. I'm six three, going on six four, and you're taller than I am. Were you always big for your age? Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. So you, you know, one of the things I've found about being a big guy is. Mm-hmm. People always kind of want to measure themselves against you. So yeah. they, they, they feel like, well, if that guy kicks my ass, he's a big guy. Yeah. If I kick his ass, I kick the big guy's ass. Yep. So, you know, strangely, people think if you're a big guy, people won't mess with you, but I almost think you get it more. Oh, yeah. No, uh, no that's completely true. Cause yeah. if, you're, if you're bigger, some guy's just like, man, you know what? I got confidence. Yeah, it's like my the penis is small. I got, I got to hit that guy. Yeah, because like, no matter what happens, I come out. Uh, it's a yeah, win. Yeah. yeah, it's just like either uh, I was brave and I lost to the guy that I should have lost to, or I beat the ass of the guy that I should should have lost to. It, it's kind of fucked up because usually the bravest people are the ones you can't fight. Yeah, so like they run up to you and you're just kind of like, look, man, yeah. I don't have time for yeah, this right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um. Mm-hmm. A year? Did you say a year? Yeah, about a year to two years. Oh man, and how did that? How did that? I mean, mm-hmm. how old are you now? Uh, Twenty-four. So this was about fourteen years ago. Yeah, about fourteen years ago. I mean, what did that? What kind mm-hmm. of print did that leave on your soul, on oh, your psyche, on God. your self-esteem, on your your Oof. view of the world? Oh boy, no one told me you were that good. <laughs> uh, have you have you grown past it, or does it still linger? Is it still there? I uh, mean, a, a lot of it's still there. It's really hard not to freak out about money. It's like if you're late by like one bill, you're thinking like it's the end. Where some people are like, oh, I can catch up. No, I'm like, sure. oh, I don't yeah. want to be in that situation yeah. like ever. Um, You've been to the bottom, and you don't want to go back there. Yeah, yeah. Um, it really fucked up with my sense of time, actually, because when you're little and you don't have any clocks, you just go like day and night and days blend together it's like yeah. now if i try to take like a five minute shower it's like 15 minutes and i'm like i'm not trying to do that i'm like oh yeah fuck yeah stuck like this now the other mm. sibling that was in that situation with you was that brother sister uh that was my uh, little sister fatima so and, and were you did that make you even more protective of her did you feel like you were kind of responsible for mm. getting her through that period of time I was actually more mad at my mom because she, my sister initially wasn't with us. She was okay. with her dad and my, uh, my sister, sorry, my mom and my father were just like arguing, trying to, my mom. Where was your father during all this? He was in Ohio at the time. Doing what? Chilling. <laughs> well, he was he homeless as well. Was he working or? No, he was working. He was, he was fine. Was he aware of what was going on with you guys? He actually was not. Oh, yes. well, that's tough. Yeah. So my mother, like, brought my sister back and i remember being really mad that day because i was like why are you bringing her into this yeah i was like we don't even have lights and she bought her a cake i'm like we can't even eat and you used money that we had to beg for for a fucking cake so so what so with your mom is it is it Mm. was it just poor happenstance is there substance abuse was there mental illness was there how did she how did she find herself in that position? All three. All three, the, yeah. the, the trifecta. Yeah, yeah. And is she which what's her story now? Where is she now? Uh she actually lives with me now. Uh in, oh, my, wow. in my grandmother's apartment. My grandmother passed away about five, six months ago. Oh, very sorry to hear that. How yeah. old was she? She was seventy three. Uh, were you guys close? Oh, very. Yeah. Very. That that was basically my mom. The other person's a roommate at yeah. this point. Yeah. But uh yeah, so she lives there. She does not talk to me. She does not like to see me. She only talks to me to get food or money. Like, I remember I had a birthday. Yeah. I had to pay her to get her to say happy birthday. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it was, it was bad. It was like in front of everybody. How too. old is she? 
Uh, she's like 49, I think. Oh, she's like my, okay. Yeah. Make yeah. me feel old. All right. <laughs> so is she working now? No. All right. So, uh, who, who pays the bills? Me. This guy. Oh, is your sister in the house with you? No. She went back with your dad or what's her story? Uh, she went with my father and then he sent her to Africa to help her with uh, some mental stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. And ironically, just going to Africa and just not being in this environment, just fix her right up. Worked so we for like, Dave wow. Chappelle. Huh? He was, yeah, yeah he, he went over there and <laughs> yeah. got straightened out, came back and it's all good. She's doing okay. Right. Yeah. Um, all right. All right. So it's just you and your mom and your grandma's house. Yeah. That yeah. must be interesting. Yeah. It's weird. So how are you doing? I mean, are you, you know, I mean, uh, you found music, uh, yeah. which, which I want to talk with you about. And yeah, that's, of course, that's one of, course, of the beautiful things about music is it's, mm. it's a sword and a shield. You know, you can, yeah. you can kind of use it to fight your battles. You can kind of use it as a self care. You know, there's a lot of different ways that it, it, uh, it benefits people's lives. And I want to talk about that, but I mean, yeah, no problem. uh, you know, mm. you're in a better place now than you were 14 years ago. More or less, yeah. Well, hopefully the best is yet to come, right? But, yeah, but I mean, okay. Well, um, so music, uh, w when did music become a part of your life? Were you always interested in music as a kid or is that something that came about later? Um, I had like little snippets when I was a kid. Like I heard like a James Brown song and I was like, oh, I like the energy. But I was like five. So I was like, I don't know what to do with this. <laughs> I got to have you come in one time when we have Gabe Echezabel from uh, Creative Loafing come in. So he's the music writer for Creative Loafing and he used to oh own boy. a, he used to own a, was it Final Fever? He's, I always forget, I get, lose track of the names of the record stores, but he is, he is an encyclopedia of music. He's a musical savant. He knows everything about everybody. But if you hear him talk about Little Richard and James Brown, yeah. whatever appreciation level you have for either of them mm. will quadruple, especially Little Richard. And the thing that oh. I love about Little Richard is he was a gay black man yeah. in, the, in the peak years of just, you know, blatant racism, segregation, yeah. everything. And somehow used that in his favor yeah. to become, you know, so uh, I've, uh, you know, Little Richard, uh, part aside from his ability, his story has just yeah. always been one that I really, I always love like rubbing your balls in people's face, metaphorically speaking. <laughs> I mean, literally speaking, I guess that's some people's bag, but you, you get the point that I'm making. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, but just the fuck you mentality, which is why yeah. I like punk, punk and hardcore oh, yeah. metal, you know, I just thing. like, you know, getting rid of all the passive aggressive preconceptions and just blatantly stating your case. That's what I dig about that type of music. Oh, it's the best part. So, um, yeah. my introduction to punk music was through skateboarding. Oh, nice. As you can see, I have yeah. my big wall of skateboards behind me. Um, but I remember I had um, a Skull Skates Vandals skateboard. And I just bought it because I thought the, the board was cool. I didn't even know that the Vandals were a band. Yeah. But from there, I learned about the Vandals and then Addicts and uh -oh. went through and, you know, came upon Minor Threat and Bad Brains and Circle Jerks and Black Flag and all these different bands. And yeah. it just, I loved, I loved the, the language of it. And what, what really appealed to me about it, and it, it's different for each person, but mm. I lived such a sheltered, naive, yeah. boring, safe life. Yeah. And these people clearly didn't, you know, they were coming from broken homes. They were yep. coming from the streets. They were coming from being homeless. They were coming from mm -hmm. having no money. They were coming from abusive households, neglectful households. And I've often had this conversation with uh, people about fighters and musicians that yeah. the more fucked up their household is, 
the more they excel at their their chosen profession. Yeah. I mean, for a while there, I was really into I did uh, jujitsu and kickboxing and martial arts and all that other stuff. And yeah. so at that time, I was watching everything I could get a hold of, whether it was UFC or boxing or or whatever the case may be. And usually, when there's a big fight, they always do these like little. Mm lead up shows where they go through and they yeah. show and it's like this person's dad tried to stab him and his brother died at this age in his hands and he had to beg for money and support us. So da, 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 da. Yeah. Now he's fighting for the, you know, yeah. lightweight, you know, whatever the thing is. And it's just like, you know, life fucks with you so much that at a certain point you've got a decision. You can either fold or you can yeah. fight back. And so I haven't heard you say that, but I, I'm assuming <laughs> that's kind of, the story that mm -hmm. that you're telling every day is that accurate it's somewhat accurate yeah yeah, yeah. i mean you're a you're a low-key soft-spoken dude but i mean yeah, i've heard your yeah. music and you've got oh yeah you've I'm got angry. another gear you've got another oh, gear yeah. you can go into oh i'm, I'm really angry I, I am so angry so. so james brown was one of your first yeah okay who else oh fuck <laughs> not to put you on spot if you don't know it's okay uh, no. um this fuck. show has this weird spell that it puts on people yeah. it does it to me constantly any band I want to talk about, I forget the name of. Any person I want to talk about, I forget the name of. It you get this weird like yeah. dimension here, so don't sweat it if you do. But um, okay, the but what was your entry point into punk music? Like the, the I, heavier stuff. I am going to sound like a little bitch, despite right being on. like six five. But um, for the first two punk songs I learned how to play were um, "Brain Stew" by Green Day and uh, what's the other fucking one? "Blitzkrieg Bop" by um, the Ramones. Okay, yeah. well, so yeah. The great thing about if you I've had three of the four guys from Wolfface in mm -hmm. here uh, and every one of them will effectively tell you that Green Day mm -hmm. is how they learn to play their instrument. Yeah. So especially uh, it was a dookie that, you know, yeah. that the bass the bass lines were so oh. front and in your face, oh, you yeah. can hear them and want to play them. Yeah. Same with the guitar stuff. And it technically wasn't super difficult. It was a little bit more difficult than the Ramones. But, I mean, yeah. the great thing about punk music is you can get, I mean, like Ann said from the Nervous Girl, she's got four chords. And yeah. She just figures out different ways to play them. Oh, I know. She Every single time I go to one of her shows, because my girlfriend and I are, like, huge fans. I remember yeah. when I first saw them. She told she told me on her episode about the first time she met you. Yeah. First time I met her, my uh, singer and I, because we used to just go around and, like, go to punk shows because we were bored and we were yeah. like, fuck it, let's just meet bands and yeah. who cares? So we saw them and we saw that they were dressed in like all black. They looked just sad. And I was like, yeah. hey, Michael, look, it's Joyless Division. Yeah, and yeah. he was, we were just laughing. And then when they played, we were like, fuck yeah. yeah. So we both were like, dude, but this is the greatest band ever. Right. No, they are great. Yeah, oh, I yeah, really, I, I, did, I, I only uh, came to know of them somewhat recently too, but mm -hmm. in, in uh, preparation for the, uh, the uh, last <laughs> Oh. The last uh, interview that I did on Friday, she brought me their EP, which I had an opportunity to listen to on. I think oh, it's on yeah. Spotify, but yeah. In any event, uh, but yeah, Green yeah. Day. Green Day is is definitely an entry point for a yeah. lot of people of a certain age into the yeah. punk world. So you don't sound like a little bitch. That's I think that's that's <laughs> you're right on the mark there. So yeah. So uh, at that point, <laughs> what, what did that sound like to you? Um, it. <laughs> Ever seen the movie The Jerk? Yeah. So Steve Martin is a white guy who's yep. raised in a black family. And it, yep. until he's like in his 20s, he doesn't even realize that he's not yeah. a, a black person. And I love the scene where like 
you know, they're mm-hmm. playing all the music in the house and he doesn't get it. And then yeah. somehow on the radio, there's like music, like Venice chair music. Yeah. And he's like, this music speaks to me. You know, it's, yeah, he's, he's like snapping his fingers and it's the worst music in the world. Yeah. But it's like that finally speaks to him. So <laughs> what was your what was your moment with with punk that kind of it spoke to you? Oh, God. Oh, man. Fucking Dead Kennedys. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Because Nirvana and the Dead Kennedys made me go. Hell yes. And then it also, there are three bands that made me less afraid to write lyrics. Okay. And that was the Ramones, because I broke down the structure at like 12. Sure. I was like, okay, this is easy. Then I listened to Dead Kennedys. I was like, they're not afraid to get political or goofy, so fuck it. And then Nirvana was like, he doesn't even care about making sense. I'm happy. <laughs> well, so let's 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 unpack that for a second, because yeah. I've got views on that. So the Ramones, yeah, yeah. the Ramones, I mean... They were nerds, you know. Yeah. They were kind of nerdy guys. Yeah, I mean, Joey were. Ramone is just—I mean, never mind six five. He was like six foot eight, yeah, and he goofy is, as hell, yeah, and a, like a shit. comic book guy. And yeah. so, you know, all of all of his music was pining for a girl or singing about Spider Man or whatever the case may be. Thank God they had Dee Dee. Yeah. Then you get the Dead Kennedys, who the musicianship on those albums is just amazing. I oh, mean, they're yeah. employing surf guitar in the yeah. middle of punk, and its yeah. song structure is awesome. The guitar playing is awesome. Yeah. And then Jello Biafra is just an agitator. You know, yeah. he's 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 Zach De La Roca f- decades before he ever existed. Uh, and to this day, dude's like in his 60s and still yeah. getting out there and getting after it. But yep. very political stuff. And then with Nirvana, I mean, mm-hmm. a couple things. Number one is you have basically emerging of the pixies and the melvins yep exactly. um and then a much more esoteric kind of emotional yeah. abstract you know lyrical oh, yeah. angle so but that's awesome because you because you're 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 speaking the same language with three different dialects and so yeah. um but it's funny because in listening to your band i don't hear any of the three of those people in there yeah um not i don't mean that in a bad way oh no, I mean, no. like i'm glad that i can be removed from my influences because it means I'm doing something right at that point. Yeah. If, you, if you're a copy, you're you're not doing too well, in my opinion. So when did you pick up a guitar? Okay, I picked it up when I was 12. My grandmother bought me one for Christmas. Acoustic or electric? Electric. What was it? Uh, oh, God, it was one of those bootleg brands. It was a Drive Wildfire X1. Okay. Yeah. it's They don't even make them anymore. And did like, you just never put it down? Pretty much. Like, once I learned what a two-finger power chord was, yeah. I was like, this sounds cool. I'm 12 and yeah. it keeps playing. So who were your guitar heroes? Oh God. Um, at the time, Kurt Cobain was my biggest guitar hero. Cause he made guitar solos a lot less scary. Yeah. Cause since he didn't care, but he had this musicality with it, he put in a lot of sonic chaos and I was like, okay, I can work with that. Especially like you would use like single, like a um, single string melodies yeah. and stuff or just redo the vocal melody. And I was like, okay, cool. So th- this is, a lot less scary. You can just do a line or like have it work with like the key instead of trying to recreate something completely different. In right, song. right, right, right. So well, like, yeah. My buddy Greg, who uh, plays guitar and sings mm-hmm. for for Wolfface, he's always yeah. He's always uh, commenting on noodling. He hates noodling. He's like, yeah, that song, the song has too much noodling. Too much noodling. Get to the point. You know. Thank you. Fuck. You know, less is more. Like, exactly. you know, yeah. So I I definitely dig that. Um. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, Kurt Cobain was one of them. Other guitar heroes, um, Pat Smear of the Germs. Okay, he was well, fucking they, I mean, he was in yeah. Nirvana after. Yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> who else? Foo Fighters. Oh, let's see. Um, ooh, Billy Joe Armstrong. Green Day was really good. Um, 
Mick Jones of the Clash sure. was was definitely one of them. I didn't like any of the later Clash records. Right. That first one was like, yes. Right, yeah, right. I, I yeah. didn't like the second one that much. They kind of got a little bit more reggae, didn't they? Yeah. If if it's not from like the islands, because I'm like part um, Caribbean, I'm like, I don't I don't want to hear it. Sounds like false. Yeah. Yeah. False metal, as Weezer would call it. Pretty much. Yeah. And uh Gary Miller slash um Dr. No, the bad brains. Uh love not, them. Love not their a, guitar. Surprisingly, not a huge influence. Like, really? Yeah, like I didn't discover them until I've already written like two hundred something songs. So I was like, "Oh, well, this again, is there's a big reggae, yeah, right turn in the middle of their oh. library." But oh yeah, I, I think you know, arguably, they're in a better position to do it than the Clash. But uh, they, amazing musicians, because well, they have the lyrical content down. That, yeah, that's usually what kills reggae when it's not Islanders or island influenced people doing is that the lyrical content is really religious and really political but then you'll get like basically like white people going in like it sounds happy so lovey lyrics yeah pina coladas and yeah each side and you're like have you ever listened to like roots reggae from the 60s it's like the scariest stuff if you actually listen to it right tower of babylon we're all going to die i'm like oh yeah okay this is basically pumped up kicks yeah but for black people like this is not it's it's not (laughs) It's not a nice genre of music. I've never seen, like, because Jamaican people, as a part Jamaican person, I'm like, we are the happiest angry people. It's like hippies. Yeah. Like, I've never gone to a hippie rally and everyone's like, yeah, man, yeah. we're all cool. I'm like, have you ever seen the mat? It's a whole group of people on advanced drugs. Why are you fucking with them? They're yeah. not, they're not nice. Yeah. They'll just talk to you before they kick your ass. So yeah. uh, what was your first band? Uh, the first band was in. I, ironically, this one. I've been in the same okay, band so for like 12 years. So, But the same band has had at least three different names. Oh, yeah. Oh, my so God. So there's kind of this this thread with you of identity. Yeah. You know, like a yeah. settling on an identity. Yeah, it's hard. Have you it's thought really about hard. that? I've never thought about it consciously. But you bring it up. I'm like, coincidence yeah. or is that there's something there? Uh, a lot of it's coincidence. Like the name change would just be like, maybe we'd find something cooler because at first it was just two people. Was it Buzz Bombers, then Senate? More yeah. Senate than Buzz Bombers. It, it, I think it was, no, no, I think it was Senate than the Buzz Bombers. I like Senate. See, bu- Buzz Bombers sounds too much like chain smokers or grave yeah. diggers or whatever the, it, the you know, it, it sounds it, like a, it like sounds, you played an EDM concert or something. Yeah, it sounds like edgy music for Disney kids who yeah. can't be shown cutting themselves. Yeah. That, that That's the yeah. band name for that. Sponsored by Monster Energy. <laughs> yeah. And I'm a Monster fan, so I can, but Kids doing kickflips off the walls. There you go. Shit. There you go. Yeah. But I got to tell you, man, Black Clash. Yeah. Stick with that one. I mean, if, if, oh, no, no, if my opinion means anything, because yeah. uh, several things. One is I kind of like that it's like. We're like the Clash, but black. So I, I don't think that that's what you're saying. Oh, no, I, I actually, <laughs> that that's actually how that name came about. I had a co-worker at one of my old jobs. And he was like, so what kind of music do you play? I'm like, I do punk. He was like, okay, so what's that kind of? I'm like, okay, so we're basically the Clash with the black guy in it. Because uh-huh. that was the only thing I could think of. And yeah. he was like, oh, okay. And then my bass player was just like, Maybe we should like keep that name Black Clash. Well, like, not to mention, yeah, 90% of my favorite bands have the word black in it somewhere. I mean, you there got we Black go. Flag, Black Sabbath, yeah, and oh. Black Tusk, Black Cobra. You can just keep going. So yeah. there's that. And then you throw in, you know, Black Lives Matter and what's going on in the yeah. world today. And it just it plays on yeah. multiple levels. Plus, it just sounds badass. I, yeah. I could just 
picture rad album covers and t-shirts and tattoos and all the good stuff that goes along with it oh that album cover we have coming up is gonna be pretty fucking awesome i'm excited about it i've heard it now i don't know what the track names are but i've heard the tracks and they're they're on <laughs> oh, fire oh shit i should have given you the track list there. that's I'm all right so sorry. i just made up names for them i'll tell you what my names i can <laughs> in any event um yeah so uh after after your first guitar when did you kind of graduate into something that uh was a little bit more advanced uh, guitar wise, I think like two years later, I had, um, a Fender copy. Okay. I still have that thing. It's now I shitty. saw a picture and it looks like you're playing a Strat. Is that the Fender copy that you're talking yeah. about? That's yeah. your, that's your piece. Yeah. Yeah. The red one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. yep all right. That's it. All right. And have you, have you, uh, fiddled with it at all? Changed the pickups? Done anything with the. No, no, no. no I, I pretty much kept it all original because it sounded so shitty that it well, was that's like, just, it was, that's it was, perfect. Yeah. It was an original sound. So I was like, I'm not going to fuck with this because I want to kind of keep this. I Weird love sound. I love I love music that sounds off for some reason. I've yeah. had this conversation a lot of times. Um I was there was an interview I was listening to and and don't judge me but it was John Mayer talking about playing with the Grateful Dead, playing Jerry mm. Garcia's guitar and yeah. the way that they wound the coils on the mm. the uh the uh pickups was yeah. wrong. They they yeah. it was it was a it was a mistake. Mm. But that mistake was a happy accident that led it to sound different than yeah any other guitar would have and you know you have like uh, john frusciante of the chili peppers he's known for playing a lot of songs with his guitar mistuned not even a different tuning like actually yeah not actually tuned so all that kind of stuff i always dig when the music sounds a little bit off yeah um it just it's the sometimes the less pleasing something is the more challenging is the more longevity it has for me and there's Mm. there's different kind of benchmarks and and what music that I've listened to. But one of the ones that I always kind of circle back to is Dillinger Escape Plan. I don't know if you you like them or listen to them. I've heard them. But uh, the first time I listened to them, I was like, this is just noise. Yeah. And then I started to listen to it again. I was like, oh, wait a second. Okay. I I hear this piece and then I hear this piece and then I hear this piece. Oh, then I see how this piece transitions. And it's like, you know, I always talk about like the beautiful mind or those pictures that you stare at the wall and like after like a minute, they come together and it's a boat or whatever. Yep, yep. I always dig music that's not necessarily, you know, easy on the first listen for you to digest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But conversely with punk, a lot of it is, is, you know, no frills. It's right up front in your face. So, I mean, with your guys sound, it it just immediately checked the box for me. Cause it just, for me, it has a very DC hardcore, Mm. very New York hardcore Mm. sound to it. I mean, the vocals definitely to me sound like Cro-Max when I was listening, I was like, who does this remind me of? And then I was listening to John Joseph era Cro-Max. It's like, that sounds like him. And the music's like, it's not pop punk. It's, it's, it's on your ass, you know, front foot punk. So, So how did how did that sound come about? Was that mm. kind of a collaboration or is there someone who's more the driving force there? Or? Uh, I'm pretty much a driving force on how I want the music to sound. And a lot of that just came from me hating major chord progressions like, yeah. a lot because every punk song is like, hey there. And I'm like, oh, oh, God, this this sounds so bad. Yeah, because it's nothing but major chords. Right. I'm like when you fuck with major chords and add in like a flat or something, it's like wait a minute, there's some dissonance here. I yeah. like that. Yeah. And then, cause we have like some admittedly offensive songs that like kind of utilize that. Like we have certain songs we can't play anymore because the satire is so 
like in your face. It's like if we play this, they might think we actually believe this. Oh yeah, I mean you hear yeah. Ian McKay talk about guilty of being white, the 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 minor threat song. Yeah, it's like, it's like we, we, I, I don't think people understand what we were saying there, but yeah. now we can't even play it because a bunch of skinheads think it's a you know an anthem. We we actually have a funny story. We have a song now. Do not kill me, but we're, I'm going to use the alternative title because I'm not I'm not getting in trouble here. It's called Reich to Satire. Mm-hmm. And it's like a joke song about Hitler. Like, it's basically like this song that's praising Hitler so much. It's like if you think Clearly that. tongue in cheek. Yeah. Yeah. It's like if you think a multicultural band whose bass player is a white guy, by the way, best mistake we've ever made. I'm like, how do you believe this? And like, we've had like Nazis. Did you get blowback from it? Actually, no. A lot of people love that song. Okay. And we've had Nazis like go up to me who are like, "Man, you know, I'm not racist." I'm like, "Oh yeah." Okay. yeah, yeah. And they talk to me about like Farrakhan, like he didn't yeah. like you. I'm like, "Oh my god, this is not <laughs> yeah. what I'm talking about." Yeah, it's a praise song to make fun of you. Like, if you think Hitler's that cool, that's a you problem. Yeah, yeah. Please stay away from me. Yeah. We have another song about feminism, kind of like through the eyes of like someone who hates women. Like nowadays, they're called incels, mm-hmm. and that song is. Very offensive. Right. But like the rhythm is so awesome. Oh, sure. And I'm just like, yeah, I can't play this. I so Murphy's this. Law or Sublime, they had mm. like a day rape song. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, but again, it's yeah, tongue in cheek, you know, but it's it's tough. It's tough these days. I mean, yeah. with the, you know, cancel culture and every other thing. Yeah. It's like you want to be respectful of everybody, yeah, but definitely. you got to kind of have a little bit of room to wiggle to kind of get art out, you know? Yeah. It, it, it's kind of a double edged sword, especially with me being such a tongue-in-cheek writer very as one of my old managers said i have the subtlety of a brick in the face yeah whenever i write a song because the lyrics are always just like almost demented in a way so i'm like sometimes i'll write and i'll sit back and i'll read i'm like i need therapy yeah all right keep writing yeah yeah. (laughs) and because one of the songs on the record i gave you was a landlord and then my landlord's gonna kick me out so i have to move by like next week and I was like, that accidentally became a state. I just really, because my grandmother would just complain about him all the time. So I was like, you know, he pisses me off too. And then it's like, oh, wow, this is happening. And he so this is me, coming but, from your life to some degree. A lot of the songs are either life songs or like I'm angry about something. Because most of the time I don't write about stuff that makes me happy. Because yeah. I'm like, I'm happy, you know, like, yeah. what, what's the point of that? Yeah, yeah. Something that pisses me off, like. I think the opening track, it was about the uh, El Paso shooting, the Walmart guy. So he called it Walmart Shopper because I was like, fuck it. But I didn't have lyrics. I had the greatest music for it. Right. It's like this demented kind of country riff almost. I I was like, yeah, I was like, okay, cool. I didn't have lyrics. So I asked my singer, who is Peruvian, by the way, I'm like, could you write lyrics for this? He was like, yeah, yeah, I got it. He never wrote them down, by the way. He just improvised the entire song and then on the record we accidentally we actually fucked up really badly we played uh we played the song too long so we had like two more verses two more verses yeah so he's in the studio and he's like did you mean to do that i'm like no he's like i can just you know improvise more stuff i'm like okay cool he's in the studio it's like one tracks it we're fine i'm like okay and then he sent me the lyrics because Spoiler for any of like transcribed them after singing them. Okay. Yeah. So spoiler for any black clash fan. So you, uh, we're going to be putting the lyrics to all of our songs on Bandcamp with like each track. So people can understand the hell we're saying. That's awesome. Yeah. And so I have his, the first time he's ever actually written down, like 
the lyrics of the song, I'm like, yes. I missed that. So, yeah. so that was, you know, as a kid growing up, I was, it was tapes yeah. and I would yeah. just pour over the lyrics of tapes and I love the inserts. Yeah. You know, I, I just remember uh, Injustice for All from Metallica. I loved yeah. looking at the artwork by Pusshead and reading all the lyrics to these nine minute songs and yeah. then uh, Guns N' Roses' Appetite for Destruction had all that crazy art with like the monster oh, jumping over the fence and you know, so I've always dug that. And yeah. then CDs was was kind of similar. And at a certain point, I, I had just cases upon cases of CDs. And my wife was like, we got to make room in the house. Yeah. And I was so heavily on streaming by that point. I went and got rid of all of it. And I was like, I'm not getting in vinyl. I'm yeah. not going to do it because I know I'm just going to end up, you know, pissing away money. And that yeah. lasted for four or five years and now I've, I'm, but I'm, I, I think I'm, I'm, I'm doing okay with it. I'm not going crazy. I'm just, you know, if an yeah. album meant a lot to me or something like that, but yeah, lyrics, pictures yeah. of the band art. Yeah. I mean, the, you know, the, the, the physical thing, you yeah. know, I know it's hackneyed to talk about, but streaming just your soul's gone there. It's, it's not even, it's not even fun. Like we're only doing really streaming for like, um, international fans because we have like a couple and like a lot of spanish countries who like us like a lot but i'm just like look i'd rather have cds and records and stuff because there's something about holding your favorite fucking record that's better than anything else to me i agree with you but i i kind of am am schizophrenic on this point because while i understand every criticism about streaming i am yeah. Probably the biggest consumer of <laughs> streaming there is. I try to give my money to the band so that I don't feel bad about it one way, shape, or the other. But yeah. I mean, I just listen to so much music, and it's just easier than carting all that shit around. And with oh little God, kids, yeah. you know, I can't have a, a you know record player out and play. You know, it'll all be scratched, and they'll be throwing them like frisbees at each other, and it just get destroyed. Oh Lord! <laughs> I wanted to ask you about your band. So yeah. your band has gone through some changeups over time, right? Yeah, a lot. <laughs> okay, so uh, the current members of the band, how long have they been in the band? Um, Are you the only constant member? No, um, the most constant member I think would be my bass player and I, and also my singer, because I started the band with my singer. He was a Peruvian guy. Yeah. Okay. What's his name? Michael. Okay. And how'd you meet him? Um, We're actually childhood friends. We grew up like right next to each other. So I've known him my entire life. Even during the homeless period. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, that's kind of cool that he got to be with you through that. He's kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, it's it's weird because like working with your best friend can be kind of stressful sometimes, but he's very good at what he does. Evident on the record, like he pretty much did one take for each song. I love his vocals. Yeah, he is. I love his voice. He's got. I'm trying. There's something about like the timbre of his voice or something. It it reminds. I'll I'll have to listen to it more. Uh, I don't know if John Joseph is is specifically who I'm thinking of, but I know there's definitely similarities there. But oh yeah, I really dig it. There's a there's an immediacy to it. I mean, yeah, he's got that kind of you know he has the urgency. Urgency. Thank you. That's a word. That's a good word for for what I'm talking about. All right. So that's your singer. Yeah. Does he play guitar too or no? um, Just 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 the singer. Just now. How how is he during live shows? He he is. Does he have the presence? Is he? He he sometimes has a presence. After it, sometimes he has a presence. Sometimes he doesn't. Like he is weird about. It. Like once we were playing at um, Uncle Lou's, and he stayed in the bathroom while we we're playing a song. Did not come out, and my bass player is getting pissed. He's like, he nervous or no? He just wanted to run out and then just start uh, singing. Yeah. So, but he didn't tell us. So since we don't plan our live shows at all, yeah, I just go. Okay, here's the gig. We're going to go. Here's the set list. That's it. 
sometimes we don't even practice. And then we come to the set, listen to my drummer's just like, okay. Play something. F- tell me, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's just like, is it a fast or is it a fast song? He's like, what, what's the tempo? I'm like, yeah. you don't know what tempo is. He's like, yeah, but is it fast? So I'm like, yeah. So it was like breakneck speed. And so is he playing like, a different drum beat every time or does he? Oh, for the most part. Yeah. yeah. When, we practiced with him for like a week straight before this record because our old drummer quit. So then we got back our old drummer who only left the band because he got arrested. Oh, nice. Yeah. And we and he was actually mad that uh, I played like briefly bass for like a different band for like a week. And he was like, you traitor. Oh, Fuck man. you. And I was like, look, man, we came to fucking visit you. And, he was, and the first thing that was in his mind when he got arrested was like, I'm going to be late for band practice. I'm like, I appreciate the well, dedication. Got priorities. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I appreciate it, but you are in jail. And then our bass player. That guy's an enigma. He does not like talking to people very much. He doesn't like doing too much. He's a real private guy, pretty much. Who's the white guy? The white guy's our bass player. Okay. <laughs> what's 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 the drummer? Uh, the drummer's like uh, biracial. Okay. Uh, white and black. Yeah. Dig it. You're like the United Colors of Benetton or something. You got <laughs> you just every color of the rainbow up there. We're we're, we're the rain we're the Rainbow Coalition for leftist punk. That, I that's, love it. That's us. I love it. You're, you're yeah. the the original member, soul member. Yep. Um, all right. So how did you meet the bass player and the drummer? Uh, I actually met both of them in high school. And then all four of us would just constantly hang out. We were all like pretty close beforehand because I needed a singer at the time. So I was talking to my bass player and he was like, yeah, sure. And then he stopped singing because a bug flew into his mouth while he was singing. Then he puked. So he was like, I don't want to sing anymore. So it was a sign up from God. Yeah. <laughs> and so he picked a bass and he plays really weird kind of like mike watt oh like he just think like all the songs he finger picks yeah. at my speed and he doesn't break a sweat at all it's and it's rock crusher hands probably yeah it's, yeah that's not easy to do yeah it's horrifying because what happened was he dropped um a guitar pick at a practice and he just started hitting his bass with his hands yeah and i was like you know how to finger pick he was like no i'm like okay let's try it and then he was like i can probably get this in a couple of days i guess because it meant less equipment for him. So he was like, Yeah, those picks get to be cumbersome. Yeah, no, it's annoying as fuck. And he was just like, I guess I can play bass now. Our, right. Our drummer, we put him behind the kit. He just likes hitting stuff. And he was, even when he was bad, he was like Don Bowles bad. Okay. Like, okay, yeah, he, he's keeping a rhythm. He's a little I weird think, about I think bad drummers are better drummers. Yeah, no, because. He just, because as you can kind of hear on the record, he just kind of, he wrote a lot of the stuff in studio. Right. So like, he would go like, hey, do you think this sounds better or this? And we're like, uh, I guess number two. And then he'd do that during the record. And we're like. Now, did works. you record all that stuff at the same spot or have you recorded at different studios? Uh, it was all at the same spot. Master Sound Master Sound Studios. Okay. Yep. So who's setting up the drums and producing it for you? Um, in terms of producing those songs, we pretty much, the band pretty much produced everything. There was like two or three ideas that Preston had. And it was Preston at Master Sound Studios. He. We pretty much asked them to do like a live room thing. Sure. Their vocals would come in later. Everybody's cause... playing in the same room and then you put the vocals over it later. Yeah. Okay. Now, um, on Bandcamp, but yeah. uh, apart aside from this LP, you've got a number of singles and at least one EP on there. I, I, I uh, think we have three. We have three EPs and three singles. Yep. So, what does that make? 12 songs? About so. Yeah. About like, and this new more. LP is all different stuff. Yeah, mo- most of it's pretty different stuff. Like, so you got a good twenty-four songs that that we have shown people. Yeah, we have about like two hundred. In I was going to say that's a that's a that's a tight live set there already. Oh yeah, you can uh, go a good 30, 45 minutes without breaking a sweat. 
we had to play for two hours once and we didn't know we had to a bunch of covers or play the same song just slower the second time or actually it was much worse a lot of crowd work in between the songs or no it it was so much worse what we did was that we played our set then we looked we brought the songbook with us and we were like okay what songs do we remember right and then after that we just started making up songs like on the spot i would just pick like three chords i'm like okay follow this follow this i won't change this and my bass player would be okay my drummer would be like okay and my singer is just making up anything at one point he went up to one person and just made fun of them to their face yeah just screaming in their face that was actually at uh grumpy's next to uncle Lou's. okay yeah so when's the last live show y'all played oh god um how bad has covid affected your ability to practice and play i mean obviously live music's not been around since what march yeah our last show was in march and ironically hasn't really made it harder to practice it's more so work because we all just need to keep the hours right that that's a lot worse in the COVID time than really the music because we don't really care because we're like look wear a mask if you don't you know we can all easily social distance we can just stand like six feet away right we've already done that before so right we're like whatever right it's not it's not as bad it's just like trying to promote an album and then trying to have everything come together it's a lot slower it's a lot more tedious it's a lot harder have you written much during uh the shutdown i mean it seems like it seems like politically right now i I feel like if i were a musician Mm -hmm. that you know i'm i'm so Mm -hmm. politically aware it just seems like there would be a great opportunity for me to yeah. write a ton of stuff right now. Uh, ironically for me, there isn't because I kind of already covered everything because I don't like. You already figured out yeah, well, <laughs> politics I mean, and racism on the first album. Yeah. For, for, first <laughs> Got go. that take care of. We'll move on to this. <laughs> World Hunger is on the next one. Yeah, because it, it, for me, it was just like all the stuff people are complaining about. And, you know, this is kind of coming more from a poor black guy perspective. I'm like, I've already known this since the beginning of time and people are catching up pretty much like right. e- even Trump being like evil. I'm like, okay, on the campaign trail, he should have been booted because he wasn't even professional. I mean, there's, there's like being a dick and then there's being like a professional dick. Right. It's like you learn how to be snarky and snipe at people, but he was just going up there like, yeah. So, okay. I'm just going to promote like just straight up villain plans yeah. and no one stopped him. Because both parties at this point are desperate as hell. Because even on the album, I make fun of, like, uh, the Democratic Party with a couple of songs with uh, men, which stands for multi-ethnic Nazism. Okay. Because to me, like, as a black man, I hate, like, the whole, the DNC keeps pandering to black people without ever doing anything for black people. Right. So I'm always just like, oh, God. But then people, I don't talk about the RNC because I'm like, we know they're terrible. Yeah. What could I tell you that you don't know? Right. But right. then, you know, no one wants to no one wants to do anything about either one of them. Because when I saw because I try to keep up with politics, I don't like politics very much, but I try to keep up. So I'm sure. not straight up ignorant. But one of the problems I saw with like the DNC was like, you guys are like a really bad business because yeah. they had Bernie, who even though I'm not a huge fan of Bernie, I'm like the hardest demographic for you to get is younger people who are undecided and don't like voting. And you gave that up for the blackest person I've seen since Cory Booker, which is, I'll tell you right now, the Black Coalition just does not take them. We're good. The NAACP goes, now Jesse Jackson has more street cred than they do at this point. And they got Joe Biden. I'm like, 
you, okay, this is like this is like instead of having my creepy uncle who touched me, you got my creepy cousin who touched me. Yeah. It's not better. Yeah. And then they got like a black cop who's been confirmed terrible. And I'm like, guys, look, like I'm I'm like, we're probably gonna end up voting for them, but you can't keep banking on us voting for whoever we give you, yeah. sorry, whoever you give us. And then RNC, they're just they are desperate to stay. What about house. what about the whole, mm. uh, yeah. you know, everything that's going on with the police, the Black Lives Matter, yeah. George Floyd, the yeah. Rice, Breonna Taylor, yeah. uh, Jacob, the Blake, uh, I believe. Kind so. Kenosha, just yeah, yeah. What's your take on all that? Oh boy, cool, a hard question, it's a broad question. I know. Yeah. Oh no, it's a it's a good question. Um, for me, I'm not surprised that that's kind of the sad part of it. Like, growing up homeless, growing up poor, you know, being still young, I'm like, it's one thing cops hate more than young people. It's young black people. Yeah. And you have the whole, like, shooter guy. It reminds me of, like, the El Paso thing where, like, is this a hate crime? I'm like, clearly. Why Why is there doubt here? And then this Kyle kid shows up, by the way, making Kyle a lot more dangerous than just drywall, apparently. Yeah. And he shows up, like, shoots people. People are like, well, you shouldn't have taken, like, you know— the rifle from him. I'm like, look, okay, you guys have a point. Don't get me wrong. You're right. You see someone with a rifle, you can run unless you're strapped. Fine. But I'm like, he clearly came over there to fuck with people specifically. I just hate that people bend over so far back yeah. to try and defend him. And exactly. at the same time, do the exact opposite with Floyd and all these other oh, people. I, no, I know. Because these same people are going to, you know, say, well, let's wait till all the evidence is out. Oh it's like, well, God. did you wait till all the evidence was out with these people too? Oh, no. Because, <laughs> like, if you're Caucasian and you're committing a crime, usually the news will just go up like, well, um, America has failed today. Yeah. We have a mentally ill young person who just is a ward of an unforgiving system. And then it's like a black dude will like sell like an ounce or like, look at what crime has done. L look at what we're doing to society. Then look at what these societies are doing to us in return. Did we not give you freedom? I'm like, did y'all not just see the last news story? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like, it gets bad because like, like, like I lived in the hood and one of the things that people don't understand about Black Lives Matter and kind of the mentality is like, we're not trying, well, okay, I'm not part of the movement. I'm more like the old school Black Panther because I'm like, look, they got, sh they got shit done. My Black Lives Matter, I'm like, y'all, y'all almost getting shit done. But in, anyway, one of the issues that you would see is that us as black people, we're not saying that if you're black, don't go to jail. Right. You know, black people are some of the first people to be like, if the evidence makes sense, we want you to go to jail. We don't care. Yeah. No, I can't speak for all of them, but that's like from what I've seen the general consensus. But anyway. We just want to make sure that if a white dude and a black dude both are in a courtroom for the same shit, that they're, they're both getting. The same way. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's one thing to have, like, a really good lawyer and you get off and then, like, you don't have a great lawyer, so you don't get off. That's some circumstance that is somewhat controllable. I can understand that. But when you have the same lawyer, the same power behind you, and one person's getting off better than you are, it's, it's total bullshit. Yeah. It's what made Malcolm X not like white people. Like, he basically— he committed a crime. He had a crew of like some white people and then the white girls got off basically scot-free and he was going to jail. He was just like, yeah, no, I'm tired of this. Yeah. And like as a black person, I, I can even I've gotten like enough good cop, you know, like stories around like, thank God. And I'm still horrified of cops like that speaks volumes. If I've gotten good cops and I still don't want to see a cop, that's. That's a really bad point. Do you think time. we can turn it around? Do you think we can unring the bell or do you think it's just going to continue to get worse? Ooh, 
Yeah, I'm I'm pretty negative, so I'm going to say it's going to probably get worse. Uh, I, I've had this conversation, and I got some people that kind of mm. were they said that I was uh, that I was uh, mm. expressing a treasonous sentiment, but mm-hmm. I almost feel like there's got to be a pretty significant, mm-hmm. horrible world event to bring people together, like 9/11 yeah. did. And I was kind of hoping that that COVID mm-hmm. might have been it, and obviously it didn't do that at all. But yeah. I must feel like either it just continues to get worse until it's fractured to the point mm-hmm. that it's beyond repair, or there's going to it's going to take something pretty cataclysmic for people to set aside their differences and kind of band together. Well, the the problem, at least that I see for what's happening with everybody, is it, it all kind of stems from, ironically, PC culture in a way. What happens is, is like, the reason why Trump got elected is because now that they can't express themselves, and, you know, that basically what it is, is that they're trying to make what they believe a reality. Right. Whereas before, and they could just say off-color stuff. And yeah, they got the ass beat or whatever, but you know, they still were allowed to say it. So they're kind of like, okay, I'm play sated. Cool. Now they can't do that. So now they're like, well, now I want this reality that I see in my head to go back because that was like the final straw for them. Well, it's funny because if if you would have, if you would have asked most people in Mm. 2015, 2016, what's, what's the, realistically, what's the worst you see coming from this? Yeah. I bet you all of them would have missed the mark on the short short end oh, of the yeah. Stick. oh yeah like they're the most you know salacious view yeah. of what would have been bad about this presidency <laughs> yeah it's gotten worse i think oh my oh it's it's so bad it's it's terrible because a lot of people are just like it's gonna be bush part two and we're oh. like and it's like okay so imagine yeah, if you can like, make bush look like a a a, a good uh, <laughs> good dude you you know well it's it's kind of like if you take any president they're like if you look at their policy and just straight up policy even like Obama, like Clinton, even like all the good Democrats, they're, they're still terrible. Yeah. But I think if you go by like their intention and their personal and their personal lives, you're like, OK, so we don't have a lot of horrible dudes, you know, like like Trump is closer to like Woodrow Wilson than he is to like Reagan. Like Reagan was like the exception for like most Democrats. They're like, I, I mean, I don't like it, but he he doesn't hate one specific group or something. He just kind of like. America is America. Even Bush was kind of like, look, man, if I'm in a small town and you're black, but, you know, you're in my small town, we're cool. There wasn't that divide. Trump is just like literally a supervillain, just pretty much walking everywhere. Like, now I understand that there are black people here. And I would like to tell you right now that these black people are going to be protected by one simple thing, not being in America. So I would now like to have the go back initiative that I've signed, it will get black people in America to Africa once more. And then, like, you probably have, like, the one black friend he has. So, like, Herman Cain's ghost is going, I mean, well, you I got the Who's the girl, that, that girl that's always on the news talking? Um, oh, Lord. Oh, no, that, that, that one lady. Yeah, that yeah. All, yeah, that all the bootlickers like to use to say, you yeah. know, why, why aren't you listening to her? Oh, oh Candace Owens? Candace Owens, yeah, thank yeah, you, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, again, um, I, I will say there is some prejudice person. Like personally, I think black people don't have to be uniquely Democrat or whatever. And there is prejudice. And that's still a form of racism to assume that you have to be this because of that. Yeah. yeah and but the problem with Candace Owens is, to me, at least she's given a platform not out of respect, but out of necessity. Right. Like, hey, we have a black person who thinks like this. 
so we can gather more black people who think like this. And it's like, yeah, but if your intentions were just to like farm black people, essentially, then like. But do you think she believes what she says or is she just doing it because it's it's affording her a, I, a, a pulpit to be on and a lifestyle mm, that. That she probably could not get otherwise. Oh, not well. No, no, no. I'm not saying that. Yeah. That she couldn't get it otherwise. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, in this day and age, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're going to give you a place to speak, the, the yeah. right, because they need that. They yeah. need that counterpoint. So, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? No, I, I do. Um, personally, I think she believes it, maybe not to the extremes that she's going. Sure. And I feel like that's that's a good way to describe the Republican Party at this point. Like, they're just so happy to be there. That, like, basically the desperation that we all are looking at Hillary Clinton going, oh, please, God. That's the entire Republican Party, except for like maybe Jeb Bush, who's like the guy with the torch going this way yeah. for salvation. You're yeah. like, oh, oh, Jeb. Yeah. It's like because I was when when I was talking to my grandmother, like during the entire campaign and I was like, Trump's going to win. She was like, why would you ever say that? I'm like, listen, we have too many black people and too many Hispanic people who are seeing these basically like all this white bread. We just got like done with the coolest black president who arguably had a really bad foreign policy. But other than that, pretty decent. And he wasn't allowed to do shit. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm telling you right now, no black person ever wants to run again because his whole presidency was basically, uh, well, I'd like to let you know that uh, I would like to pass this law. Yeah, you can't do that. You're the Democratic Party. I, I should be able to pass the law. Okay, listen, you're kind of like an RK token. Like, we need you, but we're going to play the game. You just get us yeah. in there. So, yeah. And I'm like, no, no black person's ever going to run again for at least another couple cycles. Cause it's just like, no. And then the Republican party just like opened up their like fridge and just found black people and just put them on the podium. And I'm like, that that's the problem. The Republican party is trying to stay current. The democratic party is actually not. And that's what's scary. They're, they're going to people who are like older than you and me and hoping. Well, they're, they're very getting... fractured too. I mean, yeah. you've got, you know, you've got AOC, you've yeah. got Bernie, you've got Warren and you've yeah. got the establishment. And yeah, I mean, that, that's a, that's a party that's kind of eating itself, you yeah. know, alive too. Well, um, let's talk, let's go back to funner stuff. Let's talk about yeah. music if we can. So this Hell new, yeah. this new album, all yes. sales are final. Yeah. When's that supposed to come out for public consumption? Probably either. Probably next week. Cause oh, still, really? Yeah, yeah. Sweet. Taking the pictures and all that. And do you have any 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 dates planned that you can play again? I know they're few and far between to find right now venues to be able to play. <laughs> I'm trying not to because I don't want to get anyone sick because uh, I'm a healthcare worker. So I'm okay. like, no, thank you. Wait, 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 wait. Healthcare worker, what do you do? Uh, I work with adults with disabilities, so okay. I'm one of the caregivers. At a, at a facility, or you go to the homes, or um, they're like group homes. It's okay. like uh, angels unaware. They're like trying not to be a facility, and they're doing pretty decent at it. So okay, how'd you get into that? Um, my friend said they were hiring. I was like, I need a job. How long have you been there. doing that? A couple months, really. It was like right when the pandemic was like at its height. I was like, I guess I'll try this, and. So far stuff. Well, there you go. Yeah. Um, what about live shows? What have been some of the big live shows that you've gone to? Oh, that like yeah, that like, we've played like, yeah. or that well, either. Oh, well, most memorable live shows that you've either been a fan at or played in. Oh god. Um, the Nervous Girls album release party was. Oh god, that was amazing, and is is something you got to see live. I mean, she is. 
the whole entire band is like really tight. They just got a bass player and it was great. It was amazing. Uh show I've played. Um actually I had a birthday show earlier this year, like right before pandemics, like right. in February. And uh we actually we went to a tattoo shop and for some reason I'm the only person who had the balls to do this. So I was just like, I want to play here. And everyone just looked at me. We were like, tattoo artists who've probably seen way worse than anything I've ever seen. And they're like, you want to do a show here? I'm like, yeah. They're like, okay, fuck, sure. I didn't even have to pay for the venue or anything. I was just like, yeah, I just want to throw a show here. I mean, punk traditionally, tattoos. Right. We're all shitty artists. Let's let's just do this. And they were like, sure. And it was badass. I got someone bought me like two cakes. We cut the cake with like a razor that you you shave with. It was it was the same. We're watching like Guardians of the Galaxy. We had like no PA system. It was it was awesome. Sounds awesome. Oh, it was it was like. What about guess. shows that you've gone to? Oh boy, I'm trying to think. Um, I'm trying to think of. I don't go to a lot of shows that aren't local. Or yeah, something. I don't yeah. have a lot of money, but I'm going to sound white as hell. But I went to a Coldplay concert. Okay. Yeah, and that that was like the best. The opening act sucked, but when Coldplay got there, where was, was this? Like, um, at the amphitheater. It was. Oh, okay. Who was the opening act? No, there were like remember. three of them. I yeah. like I was young as hell when I saw this. Like, so I barely remember. But I I I, I love them. Like their first couple albums, but they oh, yeah. released like ten more albums that I feel like are inter- interchangeable. Yeah, but uh, they had that one Brian Eno did all the sound on from Roxy Music, and I thought that was pretty badass. Oh, so Brian Eno did. I think he's done some uh, Radiohead mm-hmm. stuff and all that. What about who are you listening to other than local bands? Um, oh boy. Uh, right now I'm in a really big, like black Sabbath kick and a lot of Nirvana. Okay. I, I love black Sabbath. Have you ever seen the idols? No, I haven't. I'm going to send you, I love this track, man. It gets me. It's like soccer hooligan music. It gets you. Oh, wait, wait, no, no. Never I, fight a man with a perm. Yes. Seen yes. That? I actually, I just started listening to them. Yeah. Yeah. That, that is weird music. It gets you, get your heart pumping though. Yeah, those guitar players, they don't give a Fuck. Yeah, they're all oh over the God. place, and oh, it's just so yeah. And I love the drummer, and oh, it's badass. Drummer's tight. The drummer's like Weezer drummer tight. Yeah, and that guy, he is like he's that's down. the nerdiest looking motherfucker on the planet oh, for sure. But yeah, he like he's so good. Like he doesn't he's even make some crazy faces while he's playing. Oh my God! Yeah, the yeah. best crazy face in the world is Joe Walsh. I never watched Joe Walsh play guitar. Yeah. But, <laughs> oh my God! He looks like he's chewing the side of his tongue off. <laughs> it's probably because he's like on Subutex the whole time he's playing because he just they pulled him out of a crack den to come and play, but. Um, well, I, I tell you what, man, uh, yeah. I got a guitar here if you want to play anything. Yeah, sure. You do? Oh, sweet. Yeah, no, I always love playing. It's relatively tuned. It's relatively tuned. Yeah. All right. See, now I'm on the spot again. See, that's, that's the best way I do it. Oh, boy. Just you, know, the, you can strum, you can play song, you can do whatever you want. And I don't have a pick because, of course, I don't. Uh, we can use your fingers. Yeah. I, I should have picks somewhere, but I don't. Let's see. Oh boy. Okay. Tuning, tuning mic, you can edit this part out. Oh my god. Well. Yeah, no, it could, it could be, maybe. There we go. 
man. Badass. Oh, yeah. I love this thing. I loved it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming in. It was a pleasure meeting you. I love your band. I can't wait to see uh, the album that comes out. Hopefully, uh, you'll let me help you guys maybe get that out on vinyl because I just want to be able to hold something in my hand. But, oh, definitely, definitely. Um, badass. I love it. Hope All you right. come back after it's released and after you're playing live again. Oh, hell yeah, yeah. No, All right, and send your, send your bandmates in. All right. I want to oh. hear what they have to say about you. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Just each one of them individually. Each one individually. <laughs> it's going to be like a samurai movie. We're going to get four <laughs> different stories and we'll have to figure out which one's accurate. All right, sure. All I'll right. definitely tell. Ade, it's been awesome. Thank you very much. You're uh, destined for great things, and I appreciate you taking the time to come by. Oh, it's no problem. All right.